Why don't men repent when you carry the Word of God to them? I've carried the Word of God to several pastors, and I have never seen one repent when they were going in a way contrary to the Word of God. You can carry the Word of God to congregations, and you will find that many of them do not repent and go in the way of the Word of God. Let's look at that subject for a moment. I'll give you a specific illustration, and I've had this happen more than once. I would be looking for a church to attend, and I went to a church service, and I heard the pastor speak things contrary to the Word of God. The next day, I would call the pastor and ask him where in the Bible it states the thing that he spoke. I have had multiple pastors say this to me. Well, I just can't remember where it is in the Bible. And multiple times I have said to them, it's very important to me not to know where it is in the Bible, so would you please look it up and tell your secretary and just have her call me and tell me where it is? There have been dead silence coming from the pastors when I've said that to them. And then they become very angry with me and scream out the same words. All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, the point is, I was looking for a church to go to, but I can't go to his church because he's speaking things that are not in the Bible. I've had this happen multiple times. One pastor was teaching that Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters. I was so shocked. I grabbed my Bible, started looking in Genesis. When I got home, I thoroughly searched Genesis, thinking, well, perhaps I overlooked this somehow. Although I had never seen that. I called the pastor the next day and I said, where is that in the Bible where it says that Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters. And he said, I just can't remember where it is. And I said, well, it's very important to me to know. So please look it up and tell your secretary where it is and have her call me and just tell me and have him scream at me. All right, it's not in the Bible. He knew it wasn't in the Bible. He lied to me by saying he couldn't remember where it was. He knew it wasn't there. Yet he did not repent. He did not say, I'm so sorry. It's not in the Bible. I should have, shouldn't have said that. I don't know why I said that. He didn't say that. Instead, he became very angry. And well, he lied, and then he became very angry when he was trapped, although I wasn't trying to trap it. I have been so shocked because they wouldn't repent. 
Recently, I've been reminded of Daniel chapter 12, verse 10. In the great tribulation, many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. If they understood, they would repent. But they have been turned over to Satan. They already have been turned over to reprobate minds. They can't understand. For if they could understand, they would repent. God has turned them over. What do you think has happened with all these horrible things in the Catholic Church, priests, archbishops, all of this nonsense that goes on in the Catholic Church that's so contrary to Bible? What about them? You don't see them repenting. They cover up the things and try to explain the sins away and continue to call themselves by puffed-up names that aren't in the Bible at all. The real ministers of God were given to the church when Jesus ascended into heaven, Ephesians chapter 4, and he gave to the church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And it talks about not being deceived in that Ephesians passage because real ministers of God will cling closely to all Scripture. They will correct themselves and they will repent, but the false ones will not. The Antichrist ministers will not. God, in the Great Tribulation, sends his wrath upon the earth. There are 14 plagues that come upon the earth. And men blasphemed God. They did not repent. Revelation 9, verses 20-21. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders or their sorceries, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. Though they saw all of these plagues, what did Daniel say? They wouldn't understand. They wouldn't understand. How could they not understand? Well, because they're going to try to explain it away. They're going to get their scientists to try to explain away that which is causing the weather change, that which is causing the problem. At one point in the plagues, an angel blows a trumpet. The bottomless pit is open. Smoke comes out of it. Out of the smoke comes locusts. The locusts have an assignment from God to hurt 
the men who have taken on the mark of the beast and to hurt them for five months. They are not to be killed. They are to be tortured, tormented, much as the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. Now, what do you think will happen when that plague happens? Well, many will be saying, well, now, what caused this? And the scientists will get together to figure out why this happened. They won't understand, and they won't see, and they won't repent, because they don't understand and they don't see. But those who are of God and know the scriptures will know the truth. This is what will happen in the Great Tribulation. Jesus spoke by parables because he quoted Isaiah, the prophet, in seeing they see and do not understand. In hearing they hear and do not understand. They don't really hear. For if they heard, they would repent. They are ordained to destruction. Do you think Antichrist is going to repent? Antichrist means opposite to Christ, opposite to the Word. When they fall away from Scripture and set themselves up in the churches as Antichrist, do you think they're going to repent? When we bring them Scripture? They've set themselves up to be gods. And that's exactly what 2 Thessalonians is. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The people who do not understand have one thing in common. Every time I come across that person who does not understand what I am saying while he calls himself a Christian, when he twists it and it comes out every direction imaginable, that man is not of God. He doesn't have the spirit of truth in him. Because if he had the spirit of truth in him, he would understand. A pastor from the Philippines contacted me recently, and he identified him in the opening statement as a pastor. And then he went on with this writing, but at the bottom he called himself reverend. And I immediately responded and said, you should not call yourself reverend. There's only one place in the Bible where the word reverend is used, and it says, holy and reverend is God's name, Psalm 111. No minister in the Bible called himself reverend. Neither in the Old Testament or the New Testament did they call themselves reverend. Paul called himself an apostle and teacher. Peter called himself an apostle. We see the first statement of their epistles where they identify themselves to the church as apostle. That's proper. For Jesus appointed his ministers to be 
as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So it is proper to call yourself that. But it is not proper to call yourself reverend, nor to allow anyone to call yourself reverend. This man responded to me saying, well, he he wouldn't do that anymore. And then he said, neither should I call myself pastor. And I had to correct him. I said, no, Jesus called his ministers apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. So therefore, it is proper to call yourself pastor. The next letter I got from him, he called himself an evangelist. He doesn't really truth in truth know what he is because he isn't anything. He put himself in the church, in the ministry, called himself a pastor, went to a Bible college where they called him reverend. He let people call him this. God reminded me of something when I thought about that because this man said to me, we went to Bible college and they told us we could call ourselves reverend. Well, God reminded me of something. It happened to me about five years after I was born again. I was already on radio exhorting the church, and a woman came to me one day and said, I'm a fan of yours, radio fan. And she said, what do we call you, Reverend? And I said, oh, no, don't call me that. Just call me Joan. They call Paul, Paul. How did I know that? How did I know it was wrong? I'd never even thought of it before, before she asked me. How did I know the answer? God put it in me by the Holy Spirit who lives in me. That it's wrong to do that. They do it because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Though they say Jesus is Lord and go to Bible school and call themselves all kinds of ministries. Well, that's the truth. The spirit of truth lives in us. We know truth about things of God. They are another spirit. This is not a great mystery to us, shouldn't be. What about that subject of being ordained to destruction? Wasn't Pharaoh? Of course he was. He was ordained to destruction. We have a section of scripture where it specifically says some are ordained to this damnation. Let's look at that. Jude, verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jude goes on in verse 17, I believe it is, to say, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers, copiers, in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. See, they just copy other people. Oh, you say that I can't be reverent? Okay, well, 
then I can't be pastor either. I'll be an evangelist. They just copy one after another. I asked this minister a question when I really thought he was a person of God. I asked him, I said, I know a lot about being an apostle prophet, but I don't know anything much about pastor. And there's not really any example of a man in the New Testament church who was a pastor. Tell me, what has God shown you that you're supposed to do as a pastor? This man couldn't even answer me. And at that point, he said he was an evangelist. He had nothing to say. He didn't know. God hadn't told him anything. He couldn't come up with an answer. And yet he called himself a pastor, had gone to Bible school, called himself reverend, and now calls himself evangelist. He has no idea what he is. But he will twist the word of God. He twists things. He's simply a copier of other people who may or may not be right in what they do. Well, many people copy other people. I heard Kenneth Copeland say in a meeting, I heard him say back in 1980 that he was a pilot flying the plane for Kenneth Hagen. And he decided that he could do like Hagen. So he shut himself up in his garage for about two weeks and memorized the teachings of Kenneth Hagen. I heard Marilyn Hickey say that her best friend came to her and said, Marilyn, you are the most boring teacher I've ever heard. So she got someone to teach her to present materials where it would be more interesting. And she succeeded. But do they have the power of God in them? Oh, she has a big following. But is it the power of God? Or is it something she's learned to do and worked on? What Paul say about himself? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul was going to hear from God and speak what God gave him. He wasn't going to take you out and say, In Jerusalem, this was the tomb where they put Jesus. In Jerusalem, this was the Garden of Gethsemane. Paul isn't going to say things like that because it won't help you. It will not give you the power of God that you need. Paul was not going to do that, so he determined not to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The crucified Christ is where the power of God is. And Paul was going to speak that which he heard from God. Jesus of himself in John chapter 5 verse 30 said, I can of mine own self do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. But as I hear from God, I judge. Therefore, my judgment is truth, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. He was going to come speaking the things of God, not things that would entice men to himself. But we have vast numbers of ministers, many of them very famous and big time, who draw thousands of people to their meetings. 
to tickle the flesh, to entertain the people, to say clever things. You leave, and often you can't even remember anything the person said, but it entertained you. I've been in meetings like that. Paul said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, among them who've already heard from God. If you've heard from God, you know when I speak something, that's right, I've heard that. You know you've been taught by God. But many will not know that because the churches are absolutely full of Antichrist, both in ministries as well as in the congregations. Let me show you how you can tell. Go up to one of them and just share something that God really showed you, something God showed you to do, some simple thing God showed you to do. They will simply stare at you. And say nothing. They are not excited. They just stare at you. God had shown me one time that I could change my logs in my fireplace from gas logs to wood burning logs. And I was very excited to get to do this. And I knew it was God who had told me I could do this. A Catholic woman who often visited me and we would go to dinner together saw what I had done, and she really liked it. And I said, now, it was God who showed me that I could do this. It wasn't my own idea. I heard her talking to someone at the Bridge Center and telling them about what I had done, and she was praising me as if it were my own idea. And I said, oh, no. Now, I didn't think of doing this. There was a pickup beside my car one day on the street. We were stopped at a stoplight, and I saw wood, wood on the back of the pickup. And I was sitting in my car thinking, ooh, I wish I had a wood-burning fireplace. And I clearly heard from the Spirit of God, you can do that. And I thought, I can. See, it was God who authored this, not my wisdom. It was God who showed me this. But they don't like to speak of anything about God. They want to praise the flesh of human beings. Oh, the pastor was so wonderful. That was the greatest sermon Sunday. You should have heard it. And I had one woman say to me once, oh, it was a wonderful sermon. I didn't understand a word he said. I just stared at her. This was a Presbyterian church. They want to praise their churches. They say, oh, I'm a Church of Christ member. Paul says they're carnal when they do that. That he couldn't even teach them with uh, meat of the word of God when they do that kind of thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. One says, I'm of Apollos, and the other says, I'm of Paul. So they're praising their churches, their preachers, their pastors, their ministers. 
And Paul said, we're nothing but servants of God. It's God who gives the increase. 1 Corinthians 3. But you see people do this all the time. The first thing I want to tell you is where they go to church. It's not that they want to tell you something God has shown them or God has done. It's where they go to church. They think they are witnessing to God by telling you where they go to church when really all they are doing is dividing the body of Christ. Because the minute you say I'm Catholic, you'll make somebody hate you. The minute you say you're Baptist, the Methodist is going to say, ah, and put you in a little slot. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. Ephesians chapter 4. There's one church, and all of the things that we do should glorify God as opposed to glorifying our wisdom. But I have found that the majority of the people who say they're Christians, they don't want to hear what God has done. They just go silent and dead, and they don't rejoice over the Word of God. They don't delight themselves in the Word of God. They delight themselves in what human beings say and do. Anyway, Paul said his speech and his preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Jesus said in Matthew 24, his disciples say, well, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? And here is what Jesus said. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. They will come among us, saying, Jesus is Lord. And because they say that, we will think they are Christians. They will come among us, as that pastor did, saying, I'm a pastor. Well, I have greatly respect pastors when they're of God. And I don't look at them and just think immediately they're not of God. I look at their what they say, and the truth is manifest by what they say and do. Just like I read this man's letter, I saw no problem at all. I wasn't looking for a problem. I got down to his signature, and he signs it, Reverend so-and-so. Then I know there's a problem. For many shall come in my name, says Jesus, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. John said, there are many Antichrists among us even now. He said, I know you've heard Antichrist will come. Even now there are many Antichrists. Now for the real church who are listening to this podcast, what do we learn from this? The most important thing we can learn from this Don't continue with them when they can't understand. When they can't understand, though they call themselves a Christian, really they're the father of the devil. In speaking to the religious people, John chapter 8, Jesus said, 
Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you can't hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. John the Baptist said, You generation of vipers, who's warned you of the wrath to come? And he said to them, And don't tell me you're children of Abraham. God can raise up of these stones children to himself. Jesus is saying the same thing to these Pharisees. Ye are of your father the devil. God's not your father. If God were your father, you'd understand my word. So therefore, when we come across someone who doesn't understand what we're saying, and we explain, and they twist it, and they don't understand, and we explain, and they don't understand, and they say something different. They don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't care if they call themselves a Christian. They don't have the Holy Spirit. Now, can they confess Jesus as Lord without being of God? The Bible says they can't. See, they, but the thing is, they're just saying it with their mouth. It's not in their heart. That's why they won't follow the word of God. They confess with their mouth, Jesus is the Christ. But in their heart, they don't believe. You tell them things like the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Things like that in Matthew 5.32. You tell them that if the divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery. They don't believe those things. They don't believe those things of the Bible. They might believe that homosexual is bad, but they don't believe that the man uh, can't marry the divorced woman without committing adultery. They don't believe that. Those who are of God believe all the scriptures, not part of the scriptures, all the scriptures, because the Holy Spirit of God in us is truth. And he will not live us, let us live in partial truth. He will bring correction to us. And then when we see we're going in a way other than God, we correct ourselves and correct our thinking. So it's very clear if they can't understand, they're not of God. So in John chapter 8, verses 43 through 45, Jesus says, Why do you not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not, says Jesus. Don't try to stay among a person when he can't understand. You think, well, I can explain it to him. And then he can't understand, and he twists it a little bit, and he still can't understand. And he just stares at you when you tell him some wonder that God has done. Don't you see that's not that person's not of God, and you can't make him be of God. 
in the great tribulation with all of the things brought upon them. They didn't repent. All of these terrible plagues, and they did not repent. And they did not turn because they couldn't see it as sin. They couldn't see what the plagues were. They explained it all away. And a lot of it is explained away by their scientists who will try to find a reason that this locust would hurt people when it was really a locust out of the bottomless pit, which was loosed by God during the Great Tribulation. If you know the Bible, and when you, if you're here on the earth when this happens, you'll understand. You'll understand it. But they're going to explain it away. So they will not see the sin and will not believe. When you run across them, you can't continue with them. I continued with one woman in our church group for 39 years. She was a total torment to me. Every time she spoke, almost every time she spoke, I had to correct her. I was totally drained by bringing correction to this one woman. And it went on for 39 years. At one point, God showed me she was going to disappear. And that's exactly what she did. But I knew ahead of time what she was going to do that she was going to disappear. And I even told her I was glad she was gone because you have troubled me for all these years and you cannot understand. And I can't help you. I know I can't help you. Though I had told her the truth from God all of these years. When you see that, we just don't have time anymore to continue with them. And we should take a lesson from this. They're not of God. Just turn and leave them alone. And really, Paul tells us to do that too. If you would look at Second Timothy chapter 3, he says in the last days perilous times will come. And he said they will have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. They don't do the scriptures. They show you they don't understand. They twist things. He said, from such, turn away. Just walk away from them. Leave them alone. One Catholic woman who really was a friend of mine, we went to dinner with each other. We played bridge together as partners. I no longer play bridge, but we played bridge together as partners. And I cared for her very much like you care for a daughter. But I was always having to correct her. She would tell me some kind of worldly saying, and I would look at her and say, Now, I build my house and want to build my house by what the Bible says. And what you just said is not in the Bible. It's just a saying of man. Well, I might, she might disappear for a month or two months or three months, and then she'd be back wanting to go to dinner. It was all over again. I had to, again, say the same thing. 
God said to me this. The day she comes to you and says she did such and such a thing because of a specific scripture, listen to her. Pay attention. Well, years have passed and she hasn't done that. But if she did, I would pay attention. See, let them alone. Take care of yourself. Live in peace. You can't live in peace with them when you're always having to try to correct them when they're going the wrong way. Do you think I could live in peace with that pastor? I finally just told him, I'm not going to read any more of your emails. And he didn't communicate with me again. But had he sent me an email, I wouldn't look in it to see what he said. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't read it. Because that's what I told him. I was just not going to read your emails. It drains you, pulls you down, causes you not to live in peace, causes you to have false hope. Stay with God. If something really good happens, you'll see it. But you won't go down with them. They will go down, but you won't go with them. I told my mother that one time, and she, got, she was born again as a result. Those that God is going to save will be saved. The Lord adds to the church such as should be saved. As Paul said, we are just servants of God and speak what God shows us to speak, but the increase is from God. Whether they leave us, whether they stay with us, the increases of God. But sometimes we have to turn from them. Well, none of the wicked will understand the plagues of the Great Tribulation. They will get scientists, scientists to explain the plagues away. But the righteous will understand. Daniel chapter 12. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.